Good morning, traders. I hope that you guys are ready for the number one pre-market prep show right here. Let's get it started. We have a great show for you guys today. We're going to talk about the overnight action. We'll get into some earnings, docu-stitch fix, Goldman Sachs coming in with some downgrades today. We'll talk a little bit about some meta, China CPI, CPI data reaction right here. And of course, we got our guest, Eric Kroll, the manager and founder of Kroll Asset Management and co-author of the Lifecycle Trade. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the IPO world. Elon tweeting, of course. And we'll talk a little bit about some ratings on out there. And of course, we'll get to all access with Michael Mary. Stick right here, guys. Hit the like button. And of course, hit the subscribe below. We're, a lot of the viewers, about 43% of the viewers, aren't subscribed. We need to get you guys subscribed right here on Benzinga. Let's get it started. And welcome to Pre Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead. Let's get it started. We'll be having Joel join us in a little bit, but I have, of course, Dennis Dick in the back. How are we doing, Dennis? Oh, getting ready here. This is the day. This is the day we've all been waiting for. The market's all been waiting for. It's the day that everybody was nervous ahead of this day because they sold them off ahead of it. 8.30, 27 minutes from now, Spencer. All of our questions will be answered unless it's in line. (laughs) And then nobody will know where it's going to go, but... This is it. CPI coming up. Yeah, it. CPI at 830. We're going to definitely be all ears and waiting to see what happens there. Now, of course, I got my man, Joel Conan ready to come on in and kill the futures. What's going on out there? What did we see in the overnight action, Joel? Oh, the old the new old trick. New trick. The old, the old new trick. Fast market. We're down three handles at 1450. Can, can you do uh, me a favor though? Share the charts. Share the charts. Oh boy, I'm, charts. I'm, a, I'm a down. Oh, I'm downgraded. CPI by day. CPI. Yeah, we got to get you. Oh my God. Need you on your toes. On toes. Right. On the toes. Take three. All right, let's do it. We're down two and a quarter handles. Really, the only thing matters is that uh, that closing price. It uh, where where did we go off the board at seventeen fifty? Or yeah, seventeen fifty was your print thirty fifty the pre market high. If I told you there was resistance, I'd be lying to you. You got to get back up to those old lows on the downside. If I told you there was good support, I'd be lying to you too. Uh, your next daily low is an intraday low down at uh, 39.8950. Crude continues to be strong. That's up 98 cents at 122.49, trading right at yesterday's high. So we'll see if that resistance hold. Gold down ahead of the number 1780 at 1835. Silver weak yesterday, weaker again today, down 48 cents at 2134. Bitcoin, that's up just to 40 bucks, 29, 985. 
Ethereum, that's down 16 bucks at 17.6450. So we're chopping around pretty good here. Uh, ahead of the number, Dennis. Yeah. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, we're chop, and we've had chop. Yesterday, the sell-off before the number. Expectations, obviously, are... No. Yeah, like I think if you get anything, so I'll just set it up. What are the expectations we're talking? We're going to talk this again at 827, but it's so important. Let's talk just off the hop. What did you say, 8.3, match? Got you. I'll go ahead and I'll get into all that. So, yes, 8.3 year over year in May. That would be the same number that we got in April, while core inflation is expected to cool slightly. So if you take a look at, of course, um, when you look at core CPI, you're meaning the measure with energy and food excluded. That's expected to rise 0.5 or 5.9% year over year, according to Dow Jones. And that compares to a 0.6 in April or 6.2% year over year basis. So slightly cooling there from 6.2 to 5.9 is what's expected in the core number. And if you're looking at just the overall number, it's 8.3 and it's supposed to be the same number that we got in April. So here we sit and we wait. Anything with a seven on it, and I think they <laughs> rip this market. Anything with an eight is kind of wishy-washy, and if it comes in above the 8.3, 8.4, we start showing 8.7, 8.8, they sell it off. <laughs> That's how I think the algos got it programmed. Nobody knows. I mean, we don't know what this number is going to come in, how it's going to come in. The market was spooked yesterday selling off ahead of it. Um, inflation hasn't come in much. I mean, obviously, oil isn't gasoline prices we have to keep going up at the pump to see that yeah um but do we get it in the sevens they want to see that the fed's plan is working we've talked about this i mean this is very this is the most important number that we've had well since the last cpi number when obviously it hadn't started working yet so they want to see that higher interest rates are starting to slow down inflation i don't know i'm skeptical i'm sitting market neutral really uh you know who's also skeptical Blue. Remember we had blue on? Uh, yeah. yeah blue it's a hard like, thing. I mean, yeah. it's a hard thing to bring in. We haven't had this problem in really 40 years. We haven't seen inflation numbers like this since the early 80s. So, I mean, this is, you know, is it going to work right away? Does it take six months to start working? You know, eventually it will. Eventually, you know, the higher interest rates do create some types of demand destruction. And eventually prices start to come in. But how long that process takes, that's what we're trying to find out. So let's see. We'll find out in, in, in 23 minutes. But yeah. lots of other interesting movers here this morning. Oh, Seems oh, like yeah. there's always something losing 25%. Let's jump into it, Mitch. Let's go ahead. We'll get into the earnings. Let's talk a little bit about the loser. Um, it's a tough one there. Uh, let's get into the earnings with DocuSign and Stitch Fix. That's what, those are the ones we're going to cover here. All right, so let's go. I'll get you guys the DocuSign numbers. The adjusted EBITDA here coming in at 38 cents, missing the 46 cent estimate. Um, so a little bit off there. Um, and sales were at 588.7 million, beating the 581.76 million estimate here. Um, but of course, uh, DocuSign also said that it expects fiscal Q2 revenue to be between 600 million and 604 million, whereas Wall Street's analysts had previously forecast a consensus of 603.4 million. So a little bit of lowering that guidance. It, 
seems like it's kind of in line there. But Doc, you also said that its first quarter performance was highlighted by subscription revenue, which rose 26% year over year to 569.3 million. Um, so there's some there's some positives, but then also today uh, you you got some more ratings to come out. Piper Sandler maintains neutral on DocuSign, lowers price target to 75. RCB Capital maintained outperform on DocuSign and lowered price targets to 80. So there you guys have it. Crazy day there for DocuSign. What are you guys seeing on the charts? It started selling off and it just never stopped selling off, Joel. They hammered it like 15 points right on the initial print. And then it sat there and tried to rally a buck or two. And then they just hammered it again. And then they just kept leaking it all the way down. The one thing, it is stabilizing where you would think it would stabilize. I know exactly you're going to say that. 6484 is the 52-week low and the multi-year low here on this thing now. I mean, we've given back all the COVID gains. It does make money. You know, it's not an expensive stock if you're just looking at PE here. I mean, box 60 or whatever projections out. I mean, it's not like it's one of those you can't value because it does make money. I'm just concerned that, you know, where is the growth coming from? Fast Money participants, I forget who it was last night, made a good point saying, you know, what happens? You know, this is like, you know, Microsoft sticks, you know, a sign and document button on one of their things. And does that, you know, push this one trick pony, you know, into problems? Um, that's something to consider is that there could easily be more competition coming for something like a DocuSign. But it's widely used. I mean, I've used it. Lots of people have used it. Stock's not super expensive. It is finding support where it should find support, but it just seems like these stocks just, whenever you think that, oh yeah, maybe we're getting a bottom here, they just pull the rug out from under it again. So I like the 65 level where it's at right now, but it's down 25%. I want to see what the CPI data says. I want to see what this thing does during the regular session. But if it can hold the 64.84, there's the potential that, you know, that could double bottom, but Takes it out, starts trading 64, 63, 62. That's new lows. When stocks making new lows, you got to go. Yeah, it's going to be tough there, especially with uh, a bunch of the analysts coming on in. And we know how that happens. On I the believe back, DocuSign a- made money. They're saying DocuSign doesn't make money. They made money, didn't they? Uh, I'm, I mean, the EPS is what was the order. I they, made, they made 38 cents. Made 38 cents? Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. Makes yeah, made yeah. thirty-eight cents, supposed to make forty-six. So they missed estimates, but they they made money. So I mean, everybody in the chat saying they don't make money unless that was just a one-time item or whatever. I I see clearly that they made thirty-eight cents in the quarter. So adjusted EPS is positive. Is what they're saying. Net income negative. I don't know. So I, I'm just looking from the pro. It says made thirty-eight cents. So maybe. hey. They de- they're making money, guys. It just uh, might not be what you want to see. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Let's it's not keep... cheap, but yeah, it's, not it's cheap. at least it's not cheap. at least it made money in the quarter. I mean, that's something. Most of these things don't make anything. So, yeah. I mean, it's nice to see a stock that's actually making money, but maybe on an adjusted basis, maybe they did lose. Maybe there's some one-time stuff in there. I'm not sure. But anyways, the technicals are what's important here. I would say in this case, the 65 is big. Yep, definitely keep that on. I'm going to go ahead and bring on my man. I think Joel's ready. Let's go ahead. Let's bring him back. Yeah, you guys, uh, 65. Dennis, I heard you saying that. Uh, <laughs> he 65, it. and if it's, you know, if, uh, if you get blown out at 65, there's another monthly low at 59.77. So, right, I mean, the charts took it to where it said it should go. Question is, is can it hold? 
there could be some adjustments in there. So they're saying there's adjustments. I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't sit here and read the reports and dig deep <laughs> down into them. I don't have the time for that. I made 100 trades last night. I'm looking just at the numbers. I see 38 cents. I think, okay, they made money. So yeah. my job as a trader isn't to sit here and listen to conference calls and dig into reports. And yeah, if you're doing you that, do? you are wasting your time. Kramer will mm-hmm. tell you to listen to all these conference calls. I'll tell you for the most part, if you're trading one or two stocks, you have five things you're going to trade or five things you're going to own. Sure, listen to the conference calls. If you're an active day trader and you're sitting there listening to conference calls, you are wasting your time. Objective over subjective. Let's keep it going. Let's go to Stitch Fix here. Um, you guys talk about this stock often. I don't know. I don't know if you guys got something with Stitch Fix. I think Joel had Stitch Fix that once. That's what it is. Uh, but the Q3 EPS coming in here at a loss of 72 cents, missing the 55 cent estimate. Sales were at 492.9 million, missing the 493.26 million estimate. So definitely a miss and a miss here on Stitch Fix. Ah, oh, this is a disaster. This has been a disaster. They're not I fixing mean, that stitch. No, this stock was $113. It's six bucks here now. You just start wondering if this is a zero. Um, it's possible. I mean, when stocks go from 100 to six, it makes me think that they continue to leak. And again, so many people get caught up with where a stock was um, and they think, oh, it's going to eventually get back there and I'm going to make all this money. But a lot of times when a stock goes from $100 to $6, then it goes to five, then to four, then to three, then to two. Then you're looking at five years later and it's 50 cents. And you're like, man, this was, you know, a waste of my money. And I just lost like 90% of my money from seven bucks. So, I mean, and that's the one thing I always say is a stock goes to zero, not saying it's going to, but I'm saying it's possible it could. Um, the person who bought it at $100 is just in, in as much pain as the person who bought it at 6 bucks. They lost their entire investment. So you got to be careful thinking a $6 stock goes back to $100 not very easily. Uh, we're above the pre-market low, so I'll give you that. Uh, pre-market low comes in at 640 if anybody in the world is trading this. And then uh, your rebound off that high, off that low, uh, has been capped at 675. So uh, new low for the move. I don't think you can get seriously interested in taking a look at this stock on the long side until it has a day where it gets back above seven, closes above seven. That was the uh, area of uh, a few lows back in May. And then the former, once again, going to where it went before, former low of the move, 671. We're trading 656. I'm out. No position. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not buying it. And not buying the dip. And not selling it either. And I've never owned it. Next. Mitch, that's your cue. All right, let's go ahead. I'm sorry about that. My internet lagged out a little bit. Uh, His internet is a little Yeah, I'm still dealing with a little bit of internet issues here. I got a tech coming out of here. So uh, let's just say I'm not the biggest bullish on Spectrum right now, but uh, we'll keep moving. Uh, Let's go ahead. Let's get into the next conversation, which is going to be all about Goldman Sachs sacking on some stocks today. Um, So definitely let's go into the first one. Of course, it's going to be Netflix. Uh, Netflix coming in here and they're coming in to a sell and lowering the price target to 186. They stated it was on rising competition threatening the stock and I I mean we've been talking about this with you know different streaming services coming on in but uh, Goldman Sachs definitely coming on in today and just 
slacking on some stocks. They they okay. So we'll just cover them all. Just give you them all. Netflix yeah. downgrade to sell. Roblox. This is all from Goldman. Downgrade to sell. eBay downgrade to sell. Front door FTDR downgrade to sell. They downgrade GDRX to neutral. They also downgrade KTB. They lower their price targets for a number of internet stocks. They're hammering stocks here this morning. Um, I own Netflix. You guys know I own Netflix. I actually had it in my overnight portfolio as well, so I can hammer it there as well. That's destroying my day. Um, I mean, it's you know just bad luck. I mean, you're in there and go up and downgrade your stock. What do you do? You eat it in the overnight portfolio. You take the loss and move on. In the long-term portfolio, well, it's long-term. We'll see what happens, but I'm holding on to those Netflix. I've got that. Actually, I told you my wife's RSP, so it's not in mine. <laughs> I put the bad ones in hers and I but <laughs> it looks like anyways, but I try, I try, man. But this Netflix has been a bad. Was that yesterday that you had the, you had the uh, bulldozer out digging out or was that Wednesday? I've been digging out all month, man. This has been a rough month. So well, what was I'm the still day? up this month in my trading account, but I've been digging out. It's been just like, I just keep getting hit with bad news. You need a jackhammer for this market. Well, well I well, mean, this is like you're holding something overnight and you're coming in. And, you know, you, the odd time you're going to get hit with random news. Remember, I got hit with, like, SMG, random mm-hmm. news. I got hit on something else. And this is in the overnight portfolio. My overnight portfolio, the one that I showed the returns for the last two months, goes flat every single day at 1030 no matter what. So you eat the losses and you move on. It's a tr- day trading account. You don't let trades become an investment no matter what. I sell out of everything at 10, 1030. And that's when, you know, I, you know, I don't trade from 1030 to 2. I take some time off during that because I'm trading pre-market after hours. I got to take some time off, do some things. So uh, no matter what, you know, I get out of those positions at 1030. If they're losers, you don't hold on and say, well, I can't sell a loser. And it needs to come back. I'm down 4.66% Netflix. I can't sell. No, you absolutely have to sell. Was it Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? Did you, did you get green? I got green. Yeah, I was green Wednesday. I'm heavy red today. Netflix is hammering. <laughs> okay. and the overnight portfolio of Netflix is absolutely hammering me. Because I, got, I got a new... Okay, I don't know how many of the... How de- in-depth you want to go covering these, but I have a new name for Goldman Sachs. Uh-oh. What is it? Goldman Axe. Goldman Axe. It axes the price axe. targets. Axe the stocks pound, down. It is pound, not helping today. Pound, Goldman, you're not helping pound, when you're downgrading this many stocks. Down, down, the market's down, looking for confidence. Down. This is not helpful. <laughs> I, I like it, Joe. I like it. I like yeah, it. You're definitely come coming up. on. Oh, was, you, know, I, you know me. I always come up with good things. You, you know, moving Mitch instead of money Mitch. Hey, uh, moving still Mitch. moving. He's still moving. <laughs> still yeah, moving, Mitch. baby. He's moving. Uh, okay. Well, we know how these go. Uh, you know, uh, you traded at the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, so you want to, you want to at least find some stability in the pre-market. Um, I'm just going to go to the, I'm not going to pick the, there's been some buyers at 180. So I don't know if those buyers are going to be that thirsty again, but just be careful. (laughs) And this is not going to help you at all. They're just going to pound this thing all day and just say, Goldman is just, we're not standing away in front of Goldman 
Or they're going to say, ah, this is our chance. Goldman finally put it to sell. Now we're bullish. Now we're going to get long and we're going to buy the float at 280 and we're going to stuff this in uh, in Goldman's face. It, it happens, you know, several times. But uh, 180, I see that. And then the low of the move, if you're trying to fade Goldman. Oh, no, actually, the low of the move is 162.71. I don't think we'll see that. See what happens. You know, if you keep leaking like this, there's multiple lows at 180. If you feel like you want to fade Goldman, that would be the area, first area to do it. It's such a tough market from a long-term investment standpoint because every time you buy something, sometimes you get time pretty good and you feel good for a few days. But it seems yeah. like if you hold it long enough, eventually it turns into a loser. And I mean, this is just, you know, what a bear market is. You know, as yeah. the stocks keep going, they eventually time comes and they keep going lower. And I mean, we're not far off on the S&P. We're not that far off. From the lows. So, I mean, a lot of stocks have made new lows on the move. It's a tough investing environment. And, you know, we've all got bags in our long-term portfolio. It's hard. A lot of times I've been saying, I feel like I should just trade and not even do any long-term investing. Just trade it all. I probably would actually do better just because of my skill set. But I've always been, you know, I've got my prop money. And I'm like, what do you do with your mother money? You got an RSP. I can't, you know, sit there efficiently trading an RSP, which is like your IRAs. I mean, you're trying to build wealth over the long term. So as I make money trading, I buy good companies at reasonable valuations with some of that money. And obviously, you know, sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. For the most part, you know, I've always thought I'd done pretty good investing. I have some really big long-term winners, but, you know, some of these don't work out too. And sometimes it's a lot of short-term pain. Like I said with my Merck, remember, well, that's one of my best long-term positions, but I had bought that at $35 and went down to 22 during the financial crisis. Now it's at 88. I'm pretty happy. I still bought at 35. But, you know, for a year there, I was like, man, why did I buy that Merck at 35? So sometimes these things do turn around, but you got to be buying good companies at reasonable valuation. Because when you pay 80, you 90, take... 100 times earnings, a lot of times those stocks, when they start going down, they don't come back. How about your buddy that caused you with that 3.1 rate? Why don't you just start, you know, like, okay. Well, there's, that's it's competition. That's why stocks are getting some sell. There's yeah. definitely some people out there saying, Literally. I don't want to take this risk in the market anymore. I'm getting hit all the time. Just give me the 3.25 yeah. and I can sleep well at night. I mean, That's you true. sleep well at night losing 5% to inflation Yeah, right? on on their bogus numbers when the number is really like 15 or 16, which Peter <laughs> Schiff has shown and proven in the past. We know that Gil Morales on here too. They calculate CPI like they did in the 1980s. It would be running at 15, 16% right now, but they keep, you know, taking inflationary stuff or redoing it to try to make the numbers not look that bad. But I mean, it's tough to be in cash three and a half when their bogus numbers are running eight and a half. So uh, we got eight uh, minutes here, seven minutes of CPI. Let's get cover a couple more stocks and yeah, Great well, I just roll. wanted to talk really quickly there uh, that eBay one is one that I would probably agree with on that sell, though. Um, I know they're coming in and hitting some stocks that some people see like in a little bit more bullish light. But eBay coming in to sell and lowering that price target to 42, I actually think they're dead on on that one. Um, so we could take eBay, a quick look. eBay, eBay. eBay. When's the last time you, you even heard someone like buy something on ebay at least my friends no one buys i don't even look at the stock i don't even trade the stock much anymore yeah like it's just it's to me this is one of those brands that is just oversaturated they're trying to innovate with an nft marketplace but you're too late you're late to the game and i don't think they have any innovation that's going to push them forward it's like intel ibm ebay i throw them all in the same category um 
they just haven't reinvented themselves. They haven't kept up. Yep. And that's, you know, a huge issue. I mean, you think about where eBay was positioned, they could have been so much better. Um, and don't kid yourself, Amazon's ate their lunch for years there too. So, yeah. you know, you're coming back down into 2018 pricing and you think, wow, this is a good value stock, but it hasn't been a good buy for IBM. It hasn't been a good buy for Intel. It hasn't really been a good buy for Cisco. Um, and it really hasn't been a good buy for eBay either. So I'd throw all these in the same category. The darlings of, you know, 2000 are not the darlings of 2022. Yep. Okay. Uh, but just kind of, a, it's just a slow leak here in the pre, uh, pre-market 1752. I'm, you know, when I, when I have a bunch of numbers here, uh, like in the same area, I, I, you know, the exact lower the move to the tick is 4328. But I'm just going to survey these three lows here, and I'll say 4350. Uh, you know, if you if you want to own it, then that would be the area. And I just kind of eyeball that. Now that's where the support stands for now. That was last month's low. That's what uh, that's where the charts are saying right now. It's uh, about a buck away from there. So see if they flush. Maybe one of those things where they flush it down through that area. And you don't want to stick your bid in there, but then it comes flying back up. Uh, check that out. But uh, that's what I'm looking at. S&Ps are getting a little positive here. They're getting a little chippy here. Uh, we're now up four and a half handles. Oh, sure, Kevin, handles. Yeah, yeah, against a big number. Fake. All right, let's go. Let's go into another stock that's probably been eating eBay's lunch also, which is Meta. Uh, Meta, you know, has their own marketplace and that, that could be competing also with what's going on with eBay. But Meta retracting their AR Glassics uh, projects shortly after dumping the smartwatch project. So that's two products that have been dumped now by Meta in the last, let's say, weeks or so. And so this is truly interesting um, because they even changed their name to Meta, right, to be kind of focused into this space. And now you're seeing them dump some products and push it back. Um, what they said would happen to those <laughs> AR that first AR project is that it's just going to become kind of uh, one of the, the items that they'll call it a demonstration product. And they're retreating the commercializing of the first version of this AR glasses, which was codenamed Project Nazar. So, boom. Uh, ugly candle yesterday. That just go and coincides with the ugly candle in the overall market. It's such a big part of the S&P. It moves with it. Annoying to me now that it's under META because I haven't changed it in my scanners yet. <laughs> no. I have to physically manually go in there, take out Facebook, and put in Meta. So for the last two days or whatever, I'm not getting any scan information on Meta because I haven't got to it to go change the ticker symbol. The annoying things of you know changing your ticker symbol. But we got three minutes here. I'm going to leave it with you Let's guys. I'm going to sneak away. You guys keep talking stocks. This Sounds is gonna be a crazy good. number. I'm going to sneak away and try to trade this number. You do it, Dennis. Do what All you right, do just- best, my friend. Uh, All right. Just, uh, I got him in the background here. I wanted to touch really quickly, Joel, before we get the number, I wanted to touch the China number. Um, so let's talk a little bit really quickly, the China CPI number really quick, um, just so that at least uh, we get some sentiment on what happened in China this morning. China consumer price index and main gauge of inflation rose 2.1% year over year. Um, Friday's data also showed that Chinese producer price index, which measures the cost of goods in the factory gate, rose 6.4% year on the year in May. So definitely inflation still increasing in China. Let's talk about really quickly what we're going to expect to see in just about two minutes here. So uh, economists surveyed by Dow Jones expect 
the consumer price index up 8.3% year over year in May, the same as April, while core inflation is expected to go ahead and cool slightly here. Well, core CPI uh, expected to rise 0.5 or 5.9% year over year. And that is a little bit lower than April's number, which came in at 6.2. And that was at 0.6 of an increase. What are you thinking, Joel, as we come in closer and closer to the number? Uh, I mean, I think that I'll just watch the S&Ps. And oh, we're going to watch it. We, we might yeah, have to I, mean, I, I can't read, you know. The algos will get it. There'll, there'll be some jockeying for a position ahead of time. Uh, just real quick, you're talking about the Facebook there, and I was looking. I mean, it's just a messy chart to me. I just can't get a. I just can't get a good. I, mean, I just put in FB. Uh, it's just messy. It's just. It doesn't look good. It's you know had the earnings pop. I just. It's just all over the place, and um, I don't know. They're they're talking about stuff so far away that to be making money. I, I'm just a little skeptical on it. So that's uh, that's my take on it. Uh, you know, for the. Um, you know, for the spoos and, and for what I'm looking, if, uh, you know, if they like the number, they're just going to rip it. And, you know, technically speaking, let me go to the uh, one minute here. Yeah, we might need to. Yeah, go to the one. You'll see in the one minute that, you know, people like to jump the gun. And then the people with the super mm-hmm. quick feed. um, Boom. Everyone's uh, watching the tape now, guys. We yeah, got just a couple yeah. seconds oh, here to hit. Computer, don't uh, oh, don't freeze up on me now. Will we get it here? Okay, here we go. Yeah, and depending on what happens, I, I may have to hop off for a minute. I, it will, I'll, oh, I'll let you know if I do here. No worries, uh, guys. I'll, okay, I'll be ready to keep. It Is going it bad? Here. Is it bad? Whoa! They just slammed it. It's already. Is it out or someone just jumping the gun? Oh, it's horrible. Ten percent. It it's twelve percent. It's 15%. They just floss this market. It's hot. Oh. It's hot. What is it? All right. So I got first thing here in May at 0.6 versus 0.5 estimate. So and that's on the core CPI data. Um, I'm going to keep putting up numbers here as I get it here onto our pro here. So first number is there right there. And I'm going to keep going through with the numbers that we're getting in here. Um, so the CPI month to month was May 1% versus a 0.7 expected prior was 0.3. So definitely that is coming in a little bit hot there. I'm going to keep putting in numbers here as we get it here. Um, there you guys see that. Let's keep it going here. So what is it? What's the, the, uh, oh boy, that's not what we want. So what, what is uh, the, the yearly estimate now? All right. Um, waiting to, for the yearly estimate to hit the tape here on my uh, Benzinga Pro here. Uh, Man, those dudes are quick. Yeah, no, man. I don't have to worry about selling the rip on that one. Yeah, those are quick. I mean, I we could see had, it right there. I had to just get. I had some. I was hoping that they were going to rip it on it, but uh, they didn't. They didn't rip it on it at all. So, uh, okay, so that fun was over with. Uh, canceled all my orders here. Now we don't. Need, a little bit. We don't need the chart like this because we don't need the. Um, here we go. Just let me get back to normal 15-minute chart. We're back to being okay. There we go. There's a big spike. Let me see where we got down to. Nothing. That the real low in here, the real next daily low that people got to be concerned with. 
or it may come into play today is your May 26 low at uh, 39.6250. All right. So inflation rose 8.6 in May, the highest since 1981. That's what they're reporting here. Um, so 8.6 in May. As we talked about, the expectation was 8.3. So coming in a little bit hot. My prediction was 8.5. So, man, 8.6, a little bit hotter than there. Um, at least not 10%. <laughs> you, you, you scared me crazy there for a second there. Um, but 8.6. Well, when, I, when I said 10%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's what I saw. That's what my, that's what my uh, ticker yeah, was. Yeah, I, I think, I think you, you were seeing a lot of uh, jockeying there, trying to figure out the numbers there. But the algos. Yeah, you man, don't have to quick. figure it out, man. It, it, figure it out. It, go, it goes going down. It's bad. That's yeah. my analysis. Down bad. Um, there wasn't even like a little head fake. Like there wasn't even like, a, you know, let's, uh, oh, let's act like it's good. You know, boom. So there we go, man. 39.6250. That's my last level. I might have to get off here and start to look for some more levels here uh, as we um, as we go. But uh, so let's take a look at, you know, what the, obviously the stocks are getting absolutely crushed too. But uh, let, let's switch it over. First thing we want to do is look at uh, some bank stocks, right? And, uh, man, I mean, yeah, higher interest rates. I mean, you go back and forth on this. I mean, how good is it going to you know, be for banks if you have higher rates, but no one, you know, but the phone, they got to take the phones out because no one's calling to do loans. So that's kind of a two-edged sword here. Uh so that uh, low we got for Bank of America. Low of the move is down at 33. So that's the next daily low to look at. That's over a buck away. Uh, sticking in the banking sector, JP Morgan. Boom. That's down. Uh, that's only down a buck 31. Bank's holding up okay. Here comes that 62 and a half right there. We just hit 62.75. But uh, sure doesn't feel like that's even going to put a dent in this market. See if we can get a little pop here. Uh, JP Morgan, TLT. Let's see what's going on with the TLT. That's probably, uh, that got hit pretty good. It's holding in there, but that thing just got stuck, you know, been smoked at 120 down to 115. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, everything's just, you know, going with the SPs. Hit 61, back at 68. So I was off by a few points on that number. Uh, so we got the banks and then, I mean, this is not good for growth, you know, for this growth tech, I'm sure Kathy down another buck 62. (laughs) What could this be good for? I mean, you're nobody, 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 literally nobody. I mean, it's not good for Europe. It's not good for us. It's not good for, uh, I mean, this is not good for anybody really. I mean, not what we wanted to see. And it just goes to show you that, um, Kind of like I, I would go refer to kind of what Blue was talking about, how so a lot of the times this data probably lags and it shows up. He even said six months after. So, you know, that's one thing that I would kind of point to. He says a lot of times the, the, the data lags to show on up. So. Um, you guys hey, sorry, sorry if I gave anybody a coronary there. I'll just uh, re- I was just reacting to the markets, and uh, so I'll, I'll I'll sit out the next CPI or the next uh, the next jobs number. I don't want I don't want people uh, making uh, 
making trades on my emotions there. So no I'll, worries. I'll, I'll uh, tone it down. I'll tone it down. Like always, guys. I mean, and, and always when you're when you're making trades off of a CPI number, and I've I've even been there before. Um, it's very very difficult to kind of beat the algorithms there to try to be faster. Yeah. Than so yeah. I'll just kind of state that because I mean, there's one thing like trying to react after the number and like starting to look at what you're going to be trading in the day. There's another thing actually trading that number. I know Dennis can maybe do that, but I'll tell you right now, even I, um, I, I wouldn't go after uh, trying to catch that number and then trying to catch. Oh, Eric almost dropped his kid. That's bad. That's bad. Do you, do you, Eric, with your kid, did you, do you ever do this? You know, like you throw him around and you grab him by the legs like that. You ever do that? I did that once. Yeah, you just put him upside down, right? Uh, yeah, but then you flip him around. I dropped Dane on her head once. Oh, Lisa mad at me. But it didn't oh. affect her. She's very smart. Uh, we're getting a little bounce. I was off. I said 62.50, went to 59.50. What can the Bulls do here now? What do they have to uh, – you know, to lean on. Uh, but uh, we can calm down now. I, we'll probably won't see Triple D until sometime next week. Uh, yeah, but- he's going to be a little bit, a little, little busy there. Is you know, and and one of the things that I know Dennis will do easily is he's flexible. He was expecting it to come in a little light. As soon as he yeah. saw it was hot, I'm sure he flipped on a switch. And that's yeah. what I love about Dennis that he he's able to do that in moments like that. There's one thing that you'll notice from Dennis flexibility in his thought process in his decision you know he was he was but um blue i you know i i you know economists and everything you know you got to take him with a grain of salt but just the way when we talked to blue the last blue problem from the cme last time he was like you know you just you know you know, you just flip a squid, you know, it's, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't yeah, happen like that. Doesn't and, then, happen like and plus that. going by these gas stations, like I told you one day I went somewhere and the gas Lord. was five twelve, and on the way back, it was five sixteen. I know, mean, the there's guy, the talks, guy. Joel, I'll yeah. be talking with an oil analyst later today uh, on my show, but um, there's talks that potentially oil can go past that, like that uh, all time high, the 2008 high there. So yeah. It's not good. So uh, do we have uh, do we have Eric on? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. We don't have Eric on. We and we will. don't have Okay, Eric. On my bad, I just my camera kind of gave out there. Oh, that's okay. I thought we lost you to the. I'm telling you, it's it's a tough life right now. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to deal with it, but let's go to our guest. Let's get this off. Let's start talking, and we'll get into some IPO action. Um, Let's go ahead introduce our guest here. Let me get his banner on up here. There we go. Let's bring on Eric Crow here. This is the manager and founder at Crow Assets Management, uh, the co-author of Life Cycle Trades. Welcome to the show. We don't got Dennis, but we got Joel. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you perfect. We do have your slides when you want to go ahead and get into them. But first thing I want to kind of mention is welcome to the show. First time that I'm on with you, so I'm excited to have you on. And let's jump into the IPO world. Great. And uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to meet you, Mitch. So um, we can talk about IPOs. And it has not been a good year for IPOs. And even the ones from last year and the year before have not been doing well. So why don't we show that first slide? And uh, the uh, if you put out there that there were 425 IPOs last year, and let's have like just a low bar for passing this test here. Let's say the IPO has to trade more than $20 million worth of volume a day, dollar volume. And you have to have a gain from your day one close. There's only six stocks of the 425 that meet that criteria. And that's hard to believe, isn't it? Um, I've shown some of these stocks on prior uh, appearances, and I still always monitor like how they're doing now. And it's amazing that when you look at that list, that there's on that few of the 425 that meet that low bar for success. And uh, you can see uh, Zim, the uh, shipper, is the best one. And then number two is an insurance company based out of Chicago, Ryan Specialty Insurance. And then uh, Phillips Edison and Co. That's a uh, REIT that uh, puts together shopping malls that are anchored around uh, food stores. And then uh, finally, you get a technology stock, Global Foundries, and that's only up 16% from its IPO day one close. Uh, Dutch Brothers, the uh, coffee place, the drive-up window, they, and they sell a lot more than coffee. They have a lot of sweet drinks and uh, um, specialty drinks, uh, especially lemonades and, and uh, other things. And then DigitalOcean, which is a uh, cloud-based service company, and that's only up 8%. And you can see how what percent these stocks are way off their highs. I mean, they've been really damaged by the bear market themselves. And it's really just a... Uh, um, hard to believe out of 425 IPOs, there's only six that are above their day one close. And that's not good for the bank. I mean, that's not good for the banking community, huh? I mean, to yeah. have these, uh, yeah. I mean, when they're picking up the phone and like, hell, hey, we got a hot, and they're like, slam Ola on that. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, like, I bought all that junk you showed, uh, sold me before. You know, why would I want to buy <laughs> the next one, right? Exactly. I, I mean, I, I did a lot of SPAC coverage when the SPACs are hot, so I know all about that, Eric. And I did see comments recently, just this week, um, even with Stripe CEO mentioning how uh, the valuations that they, if they were to come out public now, I mean, it's nowhere near maybe even 40, 50 percent down from where it was in the, in the height of 2020. I don't know if you caught those comments by Stripe. I, I didn't catch it by Stripe, but I, I just know that uh, let's show the next slide. The IPO market for this year has frozen yeah. Uh, yeah, and part sure. of, mainly from what you said, the, the prices that they can get have, have dropped 
And uh, so let's make even a, a, a low bar for this uh, success, right? You have to trade $20 million a day, same thing. And you have to be above your day one close. No one meets the list. Not one. There's only been 35. And But there's one that's close, this uh, Accelerate Energy. They trade almost $20 million of volume a day. Um, okay. And it's made no gain. Uh, it's right about where it started on day one close. Um, at this point last year, there were 190 IPOs that had come to the market. Now there's only 35. So you're, we've slowed to a trickle. And many of them are the biotech ones, which are always uh, no earnings. Uh, and you know they're there because they have some sort of drug that's in development and they need money. Um, and I, I don't trust the biotech IPOs because it's all based on whether they get approval or something like that. But anyway, so it's, it's a frozen market for IPOs. And I, I don't know of any big IPOs that are uh, kind of in the pipeline right now that are talking about going public at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's a tough, tough market out there right now if you're trying to go public. And uh, we, we saw it with the, the SPAC first, I think. And then you saw just the money just pulling on out and um, there's just no capital there um, for it to to actually want. I mean, I don't think there's much interest too. I mean, when we think about the big IPOs that we got, like Coin, Hood, and then we see where there are now, it's kind of right. like, you have to take yeah. a double look there. And think about, you know, I, I think SPAC is a four letter word for a reason. Is there anybody who would buy a SPAC at this point? I mean, Oof. there were 400 of those last year. And I did a study of those uh, last summer and fall. And uh, they did even worse than the IPOs. They're, they're just awful. So um, I, I can't imagine a company right now announcing they're going to go uh, public through a SPAC and having any interest at this point. All right, let's go towards your next slide here. I think it's interesting. Let's get into it. So the patients with IPOs is still recommended. And how, how do we work our way into this environment right now? Uh, the same way that I always say, which is, you let the uh, company go public. You see what the uh, price action is. You look for some sort of uh, uh, what we call the due diligence phase where a stock forms some sort of base. Maybe they have a sort of trend, the IPO advance phase. And then it comes down. Many times they undercut the day one low. And then they go sideways for six months to nine months to a year, year and a half, two years. And really what's happening is as the company uh, has finally gone public and they announce earnings for, you know, one, two, three, four quarters, then institutions can see how the sales are going, how the earnings are going, and then they start to buy those companies. Uh, and you need institutional support to drive a stock price up. And that's uh, what we look for. We look for a sideways action and then followed by some breakout above a well-formed base. And then uh, you can buy that. But you just wait. You wait for that uh, time period. You don't. You miss ever consider shorting these? I mean, taking your reverse analysis <laughs> and you know going to the others. Or are you not that evil, Eric? And like, <laughs> I, I do think about it. But many of these stocks, because of the low volume, they're hard to borrow. They're hard uh, to short. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've considered it. But uh, you have to be really quick with shorts. You have to because they can run you in pretty fast. And uh, let me tell you right now, though, if I saw anybody coming out with a SPAC, I'd really consider shares. Don't worry about that one, Eric. I think they're, uh, they're, they're put to sleep, at least for the yeah. time being. Uh, let's go looking at two. Maybe it's, is there some opportunities maybe showing up? Well, that's the thing. And one of the things that's it's easy to be negative about the market right now. And uh, and I am. And it's easy to be negative about IPOs. 
but there's always great opportunities after a bear market. And uh, we always have to keep our eye out for potential opportunities because they're just around the corner. I mean, you never know. We got the bad CPI number this morning. We saw the futures drop. Um, they're still down. Um, and But you just... You may, you may see it in a month. You may see it after the next earnings cycle. So it could be three months. Uh, but I have my eye on these three. And, and, and why these three? Uh, first, they trade over $20 million of volume a day. So they're liquid. Uh, secondly, uh, they have uh, the characteristic of stocks that typically uh, we've seen in past winners, uh, like this Global Foundry. It, you can see on the far left there at IPO, just under 50 it, it had an advance, um, you know, kind of a choppy advance, but eventually got near 75 and it's come back. But it's staying in a nice uh, chop zone here. So it's forming its due diligence phase. It's relatively uh, a flat area. Um, and what I look for is I want to see the stock eventually settle down a little bit and then break out above the past high. Let's see that high in the beginning in the 70 to 75 range. And I would like to see a breakout in heavy volume and in a better market. And then I consider buying that. But right now it's on a watch list. I'm um, not, not really buying it. Uh, Dutch Brothers, uh, it IPO'd. It went from um, like in the <laughs> low mid thirties uh, to 75, almost to 80 there, I think. Yeah. Um, and that puts it in the rare jewel category, which is it doubled in less than 90 days from its IPO day one close. Uh, and then it came back and corrected. Uh, they announced earnings like four weeks ago, and you see that terrible drop uh, down below 25. Uh, and that would usually block me from even thinking about it on a watch list. But it came back pretty strong in the next uh, three weeks. And it's chopping around, and it's kind of back in that range where it was before in that due diligence phase. I'd like to see it continue to go sideways. And then, again, uh, in a slightly better market, I'd like to see it form some sort of base that it breaks out of and go up. But the fact that it more than doubled in its first 90 days is uh, makes me want to put it on a watch list. And then lastly, uh, DigitalOcean. Um, this is um, one, it didn't double in less than 90 days, but it more than tripled eventually. Um, it undercut its day one low. Can you believe it or not? It went above 120 after starting in the 40s, and it still came back and undercut the day one low, which you know 91% of all PIs, IPOs do undercut their day one low. It's hard to believe this one did. Uh, came back, it hit a bottom and it's starting to bounce around. I'd like to see a nice sideways action for a, a long time here. And then when it starts to get above that 60 area with that old high, um, that might be an area to be considered uh, to buy um, if it forms a well-formed base and breaks out in heavy volume. Yeah, I like the way you look at it and talk about uh, the little sideways action. I always looking for that too. And I, and I like uh uh, just my view is I usually like for like three months of like kind of sideways action um, where people kind of forget about it. And yes. that's when usually you see them come back ramping. Uh, Burroughs is definitely a favorite uh, of mine. I've been talking about that one for a while. Um, I think it's definitely uh, moving in the right direction and fighting a losing brand right now in my eyes, Starbucks. So um, we'll be interesting to kind of keep on watch uh, of the three, that's the probably the one that I like the most. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting because we did see in their earnings and we talked about it here, how they were just losing out on a lot of like employee margins and margins for their, mm. their, their products and stuff. And of course, inflation coming in. On uh, 
Eric, I want to ask you uh, about some from, uh, you know, they, I believe they were last year, the year before. I mean, is, uh, I want to talk to you about RKT here, uh, just the timing, the environment here. We That one day where it went to 40 is when it got ratted. I mean, what are you what are you looking for something like on this? And um, and I believe the other one is uh, UWMC, I believe, is the other one. Or is this just like the wrong stocks, the wrong environment? Stay away. Well, let's go back to RKT if you show that one. Okay. It, it, it had a unique uh, chart. You don't see this too often. Um, like if you look at that monthly chart in the lower right, it, it started off okay. And then it uh, started to do a due diligence phase um, throughout um, this the beginning of 21. And then it had a, a, it rocketed up for lack of a better term, right? And then it just came back. It got punished so quickly. Um, and then now this slow decaying fade is a bad sign. This one could take a while. Um, you know, and when I look at this chart, I think to myself, I probably would be checking this maybe only once a month or something like that until it can form a nice bottom and then get at least a 30% rise off the bottom and then form some sort of consolidation like Mitch was talking about and then a breakout. Um, but it's in, a, in an industry right now that's hurting. I mean, who wants to refinance now and who wants to get a mortgage now when we're pushing rates at 5%? Now, Joel, when you and I were younger, we would have loved to have a 5%. I know, I love you. Been... <laughs> that was... I, I don't know what your first mortgage was. Mine oh, was in, I think it was like seven and a half or something like and that. Mine was eight and three quarters, and yeah. I thought it got a deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's funny to hear 5% people are scared. But yeah. it, when, when you're used to the three to 4% mortgages, it's, uh, you know, slowed everything down. Do you think these stocks are in real, like real super trouble? Um, I think when super trouble, like they're going to go down to zero, no. Um, but I think they're going to be the type of stocks where it's going to take a long time for them to rise. And I think they'll be dead money for a while. Um, and then you, uh, WMC, I'm not familiar with them, but by yeah. just looking at the chart, um, again, <laughs> a quick rise on that monthly chart, followed by a quick drop and then the slow decay. It looks a lot like Rocket. And again, I would say this needs some great earnings reports and some sort of nice sideways action and then a nice uptrend. Um, I I wouldn't even be looking at these, like I said, maybe once a month I'd look at them. Um, but right now, the, um, the the fact that this one's down to four, it sounds, looks like it's in more real trouble than the other one. Yeah, when once they slip under uh, uh, five bucks. Uh, yeah. Just, um, I mean, you came on kind of a, a crazy day here, uh, you know, with the inflation and the continued and just any, you know, besides the IPO market, I know you have um, investments in other things and whatnot. I mean, it just uh, just talk about the overall and investing environment here, at least for the, the remainder of the year. Well, right now it's, it's a time to be, uh, have your portfolio mostly in cash. They, they, it seems like anytime you try any kind of uh, stock right now, you may go for a short time and then get punished unless you're in a few select groups like oil, energy, uh, natural gas, um, and some commodities. Okay. But everything else, it, to me, it means there'll be better times ahead. I'd be lightly invested. Um, I would have thought by now we would have had a chance for a, uh, at least a mini rally. And, you know, I didn't, I thought the last couple of weeks started to have social promise, but then yesterday's afternoon action and then today's, 
looks like no yeah yeah no it's a it's a no it's a no mercy market here so um okay all right money mitch i thought i lost you but uh all right eric uh, thank you eric cole manager and founder of cole asset management co-author of the life cycle trade joining us here on pre-market i just say yeah i just was trading the background here it's a crazy number yeah back on when i can interview too eric well, I, I hope you made some good trades because... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. He's just going to like, what's up? It's was there to... anything to hit that is? Thanks, Eric. Yeah, we'll talk right. to you again soon. I was right. trying, man. Trying to dig out of the hole and you're trying to hit beds. Like, when you see something like that, you just hit beds. You don't even ask questions. You just, boom, hit bed, hit bed, hit bed, hit bed, trying to hit beds. Um, you know, from the... Trading perspective was an okay 20 minutes. From the long-term investing perspective, you just look at this and you think, holy crap. It didn't, uh, you know, inflation's <laughs> not coming in at all yet. That worse. mean we got another whole month of pain here? I mean, what what is the catalyst? You know, maybe we could catch some shorts or something and maybe, you know, but I think on all rallies, I think you got to sell stocks. Still selling into rallies. That's a very, very, very disappointing number. I was hoping to see, I kind of just felt like maybe it's coming in a bit. Maybe we'll even see a seven on it. Nothing. Nothing. No, like this doesn't give seven you that much hope. A, yeah. There wasn't even, there wasn't even like a little like head, you know, nothing up. Like, no, it was just like. Straight down. Oh, as soon get. as he saw that number, it was going to be no head fake. That was going straight down, Joel. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was like, hit bets, hit bets. Don't even worry about buying and hedging, just hit bets. Yeah. Is there um Ben and start oh, climbing back up? Okay. They did not they gotta see improvement. We're not yeah. seeing improvement. You gotta start seeing improvement here. Is this good for anything? Is this good for anything in the market, Dennis? Not today. I mean, China is the only thing green on my screen. If I go to my filter, my scanner, they got a thousand stocks in there. Thousand. Stocks are trading up, it's all China. Yeah, actually, I, I, the only thing that is not China that is trading up, I see GSK, which maybe that had some drug news over in Europe. I see this is you know the major companies. Why? Yeah, no, everything else is China. Every single stock, TLT is yeah. trading up, but I mean every single stock in here besides GSK, out of my major stocks that I follow and cover, um, it's China trading up, and that's pretty much it. At least bid up. You might see something that's green, but it probably hasn't ticked down yet. So it's ugly, man. Yeah, it's ugly out there. And um, one of the things that we've been looking at, and I mentioned this on Benzinga Live yesterday, is maybe China really is turning around. And we should be looking at maybe some international, some emerging markets to look for some opportunities because, you know, our market's really struggling right now, at least from my view. I would sell this rally in China as fast as I possibly could if I was long Chinese stocks. Because it's just overnight, whatever the headline was, we get a little, you know, we had the ugly day yesterday. Now we get a little snap back here. I think it's just another selling opportunity, Mitch. I just, the cash is king right now. Yeah, cash, cash is, is king, king right? But, I mean, uh, you're, still supposed lose to see, <laughs> you're supposed to see Bitcoin as the inflation hedge, right? Everybody's like, oh, Bitcoin about. is the way to go. It's down on this number, Joel. Bitcoin's yeah, down. I mean, this is, you know, your your inflation edge that everybody in my whole entire feed feeds me. I had to mute Bitcoin and crypto, but you can't rally when they know you got inflation off the charts. That's not obviously an inflation hedge. I mean, gold is down. 
I don't know. Gold is gold is gold. You know, that has it just doesn't respond either. I mean, really, in this environment, gold should be like twenty five hundred, three thousand. Everybody ripping into it. What do you want to buy? So, so just you got to just analyze as a money manager, and the market just continues to make new lows here. What do you really want to buy? Like, what is making you money in this environment? Nothing. Short stock. That only on the short side you're making money, and it's not even that. I mean, most investors obviously aren't trading, and you know, trading on the short side. So it's like, okay, well, cash is king. I went down to 41% cash. I wish I was, and I'm going to be hired after today because my stocks are going to get killed. I mean, I wish I was still sitting at 52. But you think, oh, I got to start putting some of this money to work. We're down 30% on the Qs. We're down, you know, 18% on the S&P. We're down 50% on a lot of stocks. You think, okay, well, I got to start putting some of this to work. And every time you buy something, a week later, you regret it. It's yeah. a tough investing market. The trading's been good. The investing environment has been just crap. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, As we make new lows here, uh, just real quick, uh, I'm going to hop off here in a minute uh, just to shift gears and not talk about this depressing market. We got the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. I'm wearing my American Pharaoh shirt. Hey. Uh, for, yeah, fortunately, um, there's not even a shot at a triple crown. Uh, Rich Strike, who uh, the 80 to one shot that pulled out the Kentucky Derby, opted out of the Preakness to shorter race. He's going to run in the Belmont. Man, that I looked at that horse's past performance and his only I mean, he won one other race and it was a claiming Got lucky, race. Man. Got lucky. Yeah, now he's coming in. Uh so oh I'm kind of it's not gonna to me it's not shaping up as a great betting race because I don't don't like any of the long shots. Uh a trick is uh New York horses uh that um that train there and have a prep race. Well, the one horse, uh we the people uh, won the Peter Pan stakes, and uh, that was about a month ago. Just won it going away. He's a Belmont horse with a Belmont jockey. Unfortunately, he's going to be the favorite, so I'll throw it through shekels on him. And then the other New York horse is uh, Mo Donegal. He was fifth in the Derby. Uh, he, he's another New York horse. Um, he won the Wood. And he 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 beat early voting who won the Preakness. So uh, let's see if Rich Strike uh, can strike again to see if he's for real. But uh, I'm gonna have a few. To, hopefully he won't go off at two to one or five to one. But uh, hey, if you know if constitutionally speaking, if early voting can win the Preakness, why can't we the people win the Belmont? So uh, I'm gonna <laughs> sign off on that. You guys, I'll talk uh, to you guys for a few minutes about the stocks. I haven't had a chance. If I have a couple minutes here, Mitch, I mean I've slowed down the course. trading here now. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. <sighs> Um, you know, you want to come in and you want to be bullish. You want to find a reason to be bullish. And maybe it's just the fact that there's going to be a lot of negative commentary. It's going to be a lot of me. And maybe that can help us. I mean, I got to think a test of the reload in the S&P, not today, but I got to think it's potentially in the cards at 380. Yeah, I mean, we're it's at just like you're trying to now. look for it. You're not going to get another CPI number for another month now. And you're trying to say, well, we're out of earnings season. And the earnings haven't been great. You know, yeah. like they've been like, oh, even the ones that have rallied on, it's been like they haven't been that bad. I mean, it, it's tough to just find the reason to come in here and start being a hero and saying, yeah, they're going to reverse this and we're going to go green today. You got everybody that's in the pain trade on the long side. You've got Kramer every time we rally 5% calls the market bottom and it's been wrong every single time. I've tried. 
I, I've KK still has not made new lows, which is the good news. Maybe, you know, if you're 100% cash, are you nibbling here? I think so. But I I'm, I mean, I was 52% cash. I'm 41% cash. All everything I put to work has, you know, went down there too. So it's a really tough market to just come in here. And I'm trying to find a reason not to be bearish here, but I think you got to sell on the rallies. So if we get some snapback rally here today just to like screw the shorts, whatever, you know, if, if that happens, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying if it happens, mm-hmm. I think you got to lighten up stocks into it. I do think now that we got a full month before we're going to see more CPI data, I think money managers are going to be repositioning. I think they're going to be hitting bids when they rally. So if you get a rally, I think use that opportunity to raise cash. Yeah, I mean, uh, take a look at the stocks. Also, probably getting downgrades today with a down market. They're probably going to get a little bit more flush action. We'll see. Keep watch. Um, but I, I do expect I would look for maybe a, l- a little bit of one of those like kind of little trap rallies too. just we're not saying that it is it for sure. But definitely those those happen all the time. I'm um, going to keep watch on Apple. I feel like it's such an important stock for today. Um, so many people were expecting Apple to start coming back with their conference and new products being mentioned. I saw a lot of people taking some shots in Apple and also Amazon is going to be on my radar to watch too, because a lot of people were jumping in because of the stock split price. And you're seeing it down today towards 114, already and- down about two, 2.2% there. Um, what do you think about Amazon? Amazon has Apple? been textbook we talk apple in a second is one because you just mentioned amazon yeah, yeah. Amazon has been textbook split trading it ran mm-hmm. up pre-split week post-split this is the way the quants trade it this is the way the quantitative data shows to trade it this traded textbook blow off top on day two after the pre-split everybody yeah. got excited and now it's pulling back in i'm long amazon in the long-term portfolio um i don't know on the adjusted basis i bought it at 2200 so i don't know what the hell that is somewhere <laughs> in here um, I think you come back down to 100 bucks. I think you find buyers on Amazon again. I think mm-hmm. if you're coming in sooner than that, you might be early. Again, it's your own positions. What's your time horizon? You know, what's you know your your cash position currently? People who are sitting with 100% cash are laughing right now. Obviously, I'm not sitting with 100% cash. You know, I've got real estate, which gets hit here too. I mean, don't kid yourself. You don't see it in your real estate investments, but I mean. Housing prices are falling. They're gonna keep. They're gonna start falling here in most yeah. areas. You know, in some areas they didn't go up, but I know in Ontario they've been going down for the last four months. Um, they've got to come in too. So wealth effect, obviously, hammering you know everything here to a certain extent. It will eventually show up in the inflation data, but we're at a four-decade high. I mean, it's not showing up this month, and that's just a more reason that cash is king. Yeah, and uh, another thing to kind of note is yesterday afternoon, the market was pricing in more than 70% chance for a 50 basis point hike in September. I wonder what it's saying now. It's, I don't think it's 70%. It's probably maybe a little bit higher now. So um, I have to take a look at the numbers. I'll take a look at that after the show. But something to definitely keep in mind now, how the Fed is going to react with this inflationary number coming in a little bit hot. They're not going to back down. I mean, this is mm-hmm. what the market wanted to like get a feel that, hey, you know, maybe, you know, the, infl- the inflation data the way it is, you know, if we get a light number in the sevens, the Fed can be less aggressive. This does not give them any reason to be less aggressive. This gives them reason to be even more aggressive. So it's like well, everything we've been doing is not working. So or at least not yet. So they've got to stay the course. 
They've got to get the inflation down. We can't have an environment where we're running 8, 10, and 15% as the real number. We can't have an environment where we're doing that continuously. You know, this isn't, you know, like some, you know, small country where the currency isn't stable. I mean, this is, they've got to get it in check. So the Fed is absolutely the reason the market is going down. They absolutely have to do what they're doing. It was too much free money for too long. Whole world is built on free money. That money is no longer free. And these are the repercussions of that. Hey, that's how it happens. And uh, we'll definitely keep on watch to see what happens. I hope you dig yourself out. I know that you'll do it, Dennis. Keep working and doing what you do best, man. We'll have you back on on Monday. Appreciate for all the time that you spend here and keep going at it, Dennis. U.S. Hey, Dennis, dollar. Love. One, one more thing. One more thing for yeah. you. People ask, why is the U.S. dollar bouncing? U.S. dollar moves inversely with the stock market. It has for decades you know there is a relationship there it's not pronounced but it is definitely there and you know that it's flight to safety people buy u.s dollars they're they're when they're selling stocks you know they're, they're moving in and flight to safety u.s dollar is the currency of choice so i gotta think u.s dollar continues to show strength if the market shows weakness all right, guys, that's going to do it probably for Dennis. You go ahead and nail the day. Have a great one, Dennis. I'm going to keep going here, right here on pre-market prep. We're going to actually bring you into 930, and then 930, we're going to switch on over to all access. So stick around here. I'm going to go ahead and start touching some stocks from the chat. So if you got a stock, throw up a stock in there. Uh, normally, we get towards live trading, but we got all access today. So I'm going to cover some stocks until we get on over to all access. Michael Murray will be taking over then. If you guys don't know who michael murray is go find out definitely i think you should go ahead and find on out uh, let's go ahead let's take a look at what's going on right now um we could touch on some other news items too uh today we didn't talk too much about it but i'll get into it right now let's talk a little bit about elon musk tweeting out today um so he did tweet out that, that there would be a new uh, the next tesla fsd beta version coming out in the next two weeks um, so not not the worst there news there. Twitter kind of coming down a little bit there. Let's take a look at Tesla. Tesla already dropping significant amount. Of course, that probably has to do with the market. But if you could see Tesla catch a bid today around 700, what I would be expecting is some positive sentiment maybe coming from this kind of tweet that was put out by Elon. We'll see what happens with this stock and if it's able to catch a bounce right now. It's not looking good, guys. It's looking kind of negative. SPY kind of balancing out here around the 394 levels. I'll be looking to see if it can hold 394s. It was a little bit above that near 395. Um, we'll see if we can get a snapback rally. But right now, a lot of stocks showing some weakness. Apple showing weakness. Microsoft, Amazon showing weakness. Tesla, all of them just coming on down here with the overall market. We'll see if these can continue. Even oil pulling on back today. Um, so keep your eyes on it. If oil also gets knocked down, that's when I've seen the market get hit the hardest is when I've seen energy turn around also and smack us to the downside. So we'll see what happens with that one. Of course, keep your eyes also on Netflix. We talked about the downgrades coming in from Goldman Sachs, and you're already down there towards 182 when the stock was starting around 190s here and has been coming down significantly. From the close yesterday, it's down about 5.5%. So be careful out there with Netflix. All right, let's catch up. What is going on in the chat? What are you guys taking a look at? I'll go ahead and touch some of those stocks. Um, I see Uber long MU short. 
all right, let's talk a little bit about those. So Uber, Uber coming on down here towards 28, uh, 24.88. Um, so you're looking at a long in Uber. We'll take a look here on the daily chart. Uh, daily chart has it down here almost towards the 52-week low. You did get this time in 2020 when it went down there towards $13. But we're, we've been on a, in, on a really kind of a decline trend here on Uber. If you take a look at the weekly, you're going to see how this has just been pulling off the tape here. And until it gets back above that, I would still look at this as in a bearish tape. But it's up to you to determine what you see here on Uber. For me, I think this is still bearish and needs to come back up to the, through at least like 30s, 32s for it to start looking bullish. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going. Let's take a look at some other stocks. I did see MU to the short side. Let's take a look. All right, MU to the short side looks good off of that 70 break. So that's kind of the level that I'd be looking at now. 68 has been the support prior. So look for maybe a bounce towards 68 before you get that real big flush down. Today, we already kind of faded away from these 6650s, went down there towards a low of 6367. You could get a little bounce back and starting to use this as resistance. So what I would draw is the pre-market support, the pre-market resistance, and somewhere in between there is where I'd probably want to get short and look for it to come right back down there through the lows that you got in pre-market, which is 6367. I would also be looking at the overall market. Take a look at the cues to see if you get a little bit of a bounce and you're seeing the cues bounce and you get a little strong and then you see the cues just tank down and MU just kind of follow there. Um, I'd keep on watch here. We'll see if the VWAP can come back closer towards that 65, 66 or it can use that as resistance and then get the knockdown. We'll see what happens there on Micron Technology. All right, guys, uh, seeing multiple stocks there. I got you, Jack, there. Uber has a lot of institutional support for long calls. I agree with that, George. The only problem with me in Uber, and I've seen this also from the Uber drivers, is that the inflation's hitting them too, right? So Uber's trying to pass it on to the consumer by increasing, like, let's say, fuel charges and surcharges. But after a certain amount of time, with car prices going on up, Gas prices going on up. I think there's going to be less Uber drivers out there, and they're going to be wanting to have jobs that don't involve gasoline. Um, so to me, in my eyes, unless you have an electric vehicle, I probably wouldn't be doing Uber right now. But hey, power to you guys, whatever you guys might look for. We'll see what happens. AMD mentioned here by Nick. I'll take a look at AMD. Um, Uber said it was recession resistance, but I don't I don't take that to mean recession proof. I do agree with that. AMD bouncing there towards 99 there, trying to get back here. And we broke through 100 again. So watch out, guys. This 90 level is the level that I'm calling on the downside. If that can hold, you're looking fine. But if this trend line starts breaking, you can see here the trend line where it was holding off of that. If that starts breaking down and you get into the 93s, be careful. You could be down there towards the 90 support. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at some other ones. Uh, ACHR, um, thoughts on maybe adding to the Russell. Uh, I, I have to take a look at the market cap and see where it's at and compare it, but I'll take a look at these. Um, of course, if it does get back into the Russell, maybe it gets back above 
uh, $5. So just keep your eyes on it. We'll see if it gets back over. Right now, that's an ugly candle. It tried to break out here one, two, three times. And when that usually happens and it can't break out, it usually tests support. It needs to hold $4 today because if not, it could easily be right back down there towards $3.50. I spy with my little eyes. It's still probably going on the downside, but we'll take a look at it right before it uh, right before we get on out of here. Electric costs just as much as gas, at least in California. Good to know, Lisa Lee. Um, I did see uh, notes out there from analysts that supposedly 60% of people that were using electric vehicles were getting a better off like kind of pricing than going for gasoline right now. But of course, those data points could be drawn from tons of places. So we'll see what happens. EV is not sustainable. We'll see what happens. It's not sustainable now, but that's the whole reason why they're talking about bringing the infrastructure up to code. Let's see what happens. On the other end, Mitch, I can't afford gas and about to call an Uber. That's true. That's true. It could be that. But is the Uber going to cost you more because of gas going up? Could be true. Here in Brazil, Uber is struggling to find drivers. Inflation, especially in gas price, is pushing drivers to other markets. Correct. That's the same way that I feel. Uh, who thinks that uh, XOM, we reports triple profits next earnings? Um, we'll see what happens there. But let's go ahead. Let's take a look at XOM and how oil is trading today. If you take a look here at XOM, we got the breakout above 100. It went to 105. I would actually be looking for a little bit of a retrace, maybe probably in oil today. Coming on back here closer towards this trend line, so close towards that 100. I'll be looking for it to come back towards 100, and then I'll be looking for it to come back towards 105, which would be a 5% increase. So let's just keep an eye on it. It could pull back today and coming back there towards the 100s. I don't see it as a bad thing if you take a look here. Uh, the recent rip that we got, if you draw it from that underneath 100 up there towards the high, you got about 61.8 around the 101.46 mark. So let's see if that holds today. What we don't want to see it get back down below is, let's say, 98, 91s, which is the support here. And so we're looking for it to kind of hold these pullbacks, get on back up there to, through the 100 and get up there towards the 105. We'll see if that can work out there. Let's take a look. You just talked about Docu. The spy's still leaking there, man. It's, it's crazy. I know. It's tough. I mean, it, it's, I, I, it looks like we're going to head down to that down 2% range. But uh, yeah. to me, like, I, I would just wait if you're, if you're trading. I mean, like, the first 15 minutes, to me, it could be a fake out, right? Like, to me, like, I want to wait till like, 9.45, 10 a.m., maybe even to see what the market's doing. Because whatever happens right off the jump doesn't necessarily mean that's how the markets are going to go all day. Yeah, I've, I've been battling to see if the, the markets would actually hold that 400 again. And you can tell today we flew right through that number. Um, yeah. We talked about it yesterday, how we were fighting 416s. It's crazy how it, it, just a few, just earlier this week, we were up there to, by like looking to almost break out above 420. And now we're looking at underneath 400. 394s. It's it's really incredible. I think the big stock for me that I'm just going to keep watching is Apple. And a, such a favorite is just leaking and leaking and leaking. If we now take a look at Apple from the, the highs to where it is now, you're talking about 23% down from the highs, definitely in bearish territory. Um, so Apple just, just getting crushed. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, and Apple is the biggest weighting in the S and P five hundred. So what Apple does is going to be so important for the overall market. Um, so even if you're not an Apple trader, you don't own a lot of it. It's still an important stock to watch and keep your eye out for. Um, and yeah, Mitch, I'm watching. I mean, this is on the daily chart on Apple here. I'd be real worried if we take out these previous lows. I mean, this particular candle right here, May twentieth. I mean, we we got down here, but then we recovered some of those gains. We hit lows of like. 132 so if we get back into the, like the below 135 for apple i'd see that as pretty bearish especially if we take out some of these previous support levels because then we have kind of a ways to fall down here but um yeah man i mean it's it's eventually you got to think these people come in and start buying apple right yeah let's let's take a look here at a short opportunity that i'm taking a look at which is starbucks starbucks is one that i've seen bounce back that i'm just like when it was bouncing up there at there i've talked about 79 80 level 81 level i want to short the hell out of starbucks around there um and it just feels like to me like starbucks is just struggling to innovate they brought back the ceo they still haven't said anything about what they can do to go ahead and change it up and one of the things that i think is going to struggle and starbucks is going to struggle on is how can they keep their margins up keep playing keep paying their employees more and keeping their employees happy, but at the same time, trying to bring back the innovation that that made Starbucks. I just don't think it has the brain recognition that it used to have. And if it does, it's just more along, oh yeah, that's a coffee place. It's not like it's, I need to go to Starbucks every morning to get my Starbucks coffee over something else. So I think this is a great opportunity with the market coming back down to go for shorts on Starbucks. Is this just because they threw you out of a Starbucks, Mitch? Yeah, pretty much. They hit the band button on me, produce <laughs> AB, and I and when I was walking out, I was like, "I'm gonna short your stock." Yeah, and I'm nah. sure they. I'm sure the baristas there knew what that meant or cared. No, I mean to <laughs> me, I agree. We're like, I don't think the growth or innovation. It's gonna be hard for Starbucks to live up to that what it's done in the past. But as far as just brand recognition, like I, I, I feel pretty confidently that if I bought Starbucks stock now, that in ten years, right, Starbucks is still going to be a thing, right? I don't know if you, you talk to know. any. I don't know, AB. I, right. I, I, mean, I would actually uh, be on the opposite spectrum. Right. Because... Agree to agree to disagree. I think Starbucks has so much, uh, like so much of a moat to where people that are that love Starbucks are just so ingrained to it to go into Starbucks every single day or whatever mm-hmm. that it's. It's not going anywhere, but I hear you that they're going to have a tough time moving forward. Yeah. So what I would say is, so you're, you're younger than I, and you, you know, kind of your, I would say you're more in tune with the younger generation than I am. And so what I would say is in this generation, are we really that attached to brands? Or are we more attached to the experience? Because I feel like we're, we're getting to the point where we're more attached to the experience than brands themselves. Yeah, no, and I agree with Jay DeRoma in the chat saying it has brand recognition, but the pizzazz is gone. I agree. I'm basically saying I don't think the pizzazz, the growth, the innovation, the sexiness is there, but it's already, you know, it's like to me, like McDonald's. Like McDonald's, like McDonald's is so ingrained into like our culture that it's like, even if like, you know, I mean, when McDonald's put out the Happy Meal or whatever, you know, it's a big deal and it gets all the people there. McDonald's doesn't do innovative stuff like that really anymore. I mean, the most innovative thing they've done in the past five years is put out a chicken sandwich to try and uh you know compete what? with Chick-fil-A. <laughs> what is it the the McRib? The McRib is back, bro. It's new. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I so to me Starbucks is kind of like McDonald's. I see someone else bicycle by Bill saying that or Buffalo by bicycle saying that too. 
All right. Uh, another area that we can watch, and I don't know how you feel. Um, people know how I feel a little bit about it. Is what about the Lucid Dragon and some of these EV players? What do you feel on EV players? All right, forward? hold on, Mitch. I, I might have to manage some some positions right when. Uh oh. Right when the market opens. All right. Well, it's nine thirty. That means we're actually going to go to all access. So you don't got to worry about that, AB. If you want to go worry about your positions. I understand that completely. Uh, we're going to take you on over to all access here, guys. So definitely stay tuned, guys. Come learn from the opportunities. You guys know I'm all about story. Talk about it all the time that story is everything. And one of the best ways that you can get story is straight from the companies themselves. That's why we do all access to give you guys and unveil those stories. Come check out Michael Murray. I hope you guys will enjoy that. Let me know what you guys think. Hit the comments below. I'll be in the chat also with you guys checking out these companies. So let's bring you on over and enjoy the market open. Looks like we're getting a little bit of a bounce here into the open. Like we talked about it with Dennis, it could be a little bit of a bull trap. We'll see what happens. See you guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.